Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Trigger warning. In this episode, a character experiences a panic attack. More information in the episode description. Is some residual grumpiness resounding across the territory of Alice this morning at the causeway. Gwenda is milling about the kitchen. Tara is sitting on the back porch of Gwenda's house, legs crossed, eyes slammed shut in attempts to hear the metaphysical. Mikhail is brewing coffee in the kitchen. Eller and Rourke are smushed against the train doorway, waiting. One more patiently than the other. In the main territory, Logan is walking to the temple of the priestess's presence, sleepless for once, carrying a pile of notes and possible explanations and fixes for the situation Valis has found itself in. The priestess waits there for another visitor, one that has yet to know that they are called in for a visit. Dune is sleeping, anxiously dreaming all his siblings are undead. Ellie is sleeping fitfully not dreaming at all. Luciana and Agnes are giving their territorial theology final, and along the southeast border of the territory, near the Chapel of Living Things, Willow is getting off of their shift. Nap <gasps> oh, time! Ha 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 ha, Willow thinks. Yellow. Mm, the priestess wants to see me? Oh! <laughs> Neat! Why? Oh, she didn't say. Oh, okay. Seems promising. <sighs> Willow walks to the temple of the priestess. This is a longer walk. One they begin with fervor and end with fatigue as their normal bedtime begs for attention. Within the temple, with its glistening tile low lit by the sunrise, the priestess waits in her office. She's wearing a lovely purple linen blend cloak over some sage pants. Ah, it's so good. So durable. So well made. She holds off on putting on the mask, taking these lovely moments to herself to breathe openly, to exercise her facial muscles, and worry at some lines forming around her eyes in the one mirror in her office. Her face. Priestess? The priestess adorns the dear mask and lets our welcome kiosk guardian and best friend inside. Hey! What's up? Please sit. Okay. Willow sits happily in the smaller chair. That was the move, right? Yeah! Yeah! The priestess's dear mask appraises Willow. Willow appraises the priestess. And here they sit, appraising each other for a bit. So... What's, um... What can you tell me about coconut sails in the causeway? Uh... 
Let's not waste our time. Logan called last night and filled me in. I just wonder if you understand. I I intend to give you the benefit of the doubt, but even then what you did was a serious misdemeanor. A misdemeanor? <laughs> a minor stated that they heard you use the term fruit espionage. Uh, fruit espionage. Yeah. You said this? Yeah, that's what Tara and I were. Tara said that as well? Ah, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. Why? Do you know what an act of espionage is? Uh... Espionage. The act of attaining secret or confidential information, or divulging of the same without the permission of the holder of the information. Willow is starting to realize, in this moment, why that may sound... bad? Kind of? But I, I didn't mean it like that. It was wordplay. It was a little bit. That the prophetess went along with. As a bit. And she never said it. I was the one Yet who... you committed the act still. You went against guardianship code and went over me to our impartial third party to investigate a concern that didn't concern you. But Tara didn't. Oh, I'm aware. She is a new member of the society who doesn't entirely know how our system works or our relationship with the causeway. You were her only compass, and you pointed her in a biased and unlawful direction. I, I was I was just trying to help out. I mean, all I wanted to do was investigate the whole thing, and then Logan said it would be a fun idea to so look into So you would like it. to blame your chief? No, I don't want to blame anybody. You purposely forwent the one task we pay you for. I'd say one of two. I am quite hospitable. A guardian's sole purpose is to guard. Once this is over, hand over the jumper. Wait, no, wait. Part of the main guardian code is guard the capital T truth. And I was. The complete truth is that this is a groundbreaking thing that can bring a whole lot of good. And it is silly to pretend like this technology doesn't exist ah, yet. silly? Well, you're not. We have guidelines for a purpose. Willow. And breaking them even for a perceived just reason doesn't automatically make you a hero. Did something happen? Oh, yeah. We should check in on that. Tara still sits on the back, dusty porch of Gwenda's home, watching the sun wash up from the salt flats. It's beautiful. The metaphorical storm brewing in Tara's chest is not. Okay. What's up? What do I need to do? Many things, Tara, actually. First and foremost, you need to find the folk who's poisoning folks like a true fiend. You also are incredibly behind on prophetic inquiries, so when you get back to the hall, it's crunch time. And uh, next week, you give a scheduled prophecy that overarchs the territory of Alice. You know what you need to do, that's not the issue. How do I do it? I should be working. Then you shouldn't be wasting this time. I'm not trying to. Tara's mother always referred to the great day as the rustle in the ocean reeds back home, as the billowing of the clouds in the sky, or the cry of the birds drifting past them. Well, as Tara looks around, she sees none of these things. Nothing green, or red, or blue, or pink. It's just all, all white, and hard, and stagnant, and frustratingly quiet. She doesn't even have the lively pulse in her staff to keep her rooted. She's just... drifting. Nothing is alive here. Nothing? So, are they not here? They should be. Mikhail is propped in front of the front-facing window, sitting as well, outwardly a bit closer to the goal than Tara. He seems to breathe in, easily, and out. How are you doing, hon? Mike? Sorry, uh, I, I didn't know if you were talking to the cat or- No, no, not honey. You, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm, I'm good. His alarm goes off again. Meds, 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 my boy. 
He slips when I open, a hitch in his pattern. He silences it and begins counting from one again. With more fervor this time. That your medication timer? Yep. Do you have... Nope. No, no, I, no, I don't. I don't have it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's okay. It's just, this is the longest I've gone without it since I started it. And I know there are a lot of surrounding factors and that I've grown a lot as an individual and I'll probably be fine. I have some natural aids that might be helpful. No, it's, it's okay. I'm, I'm sure I'll be fine. You sure? I've changed. Grown. Uh, so it probably won't happen again. Probably. Maybe. Perhaps. Sure. Just take care of yourself, okay? You do what you need to do to feel safe. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Tara? Yeah? Breakfast? No thanks. Wasn't a question! Okay, thanks. It's important to eat breakfast, Tara. Okay, okay, I'm coming. Tara shuffles into the dining room. Gwenda scoops eggs and potatoes onto three plates and passes them out. Tara recalls, item, one entire avocado, sitting in her bag. She fishes it out and tests its ripeness, allowing some sentiment for her unofficial assistant, Dylan, to rise as she cubes it up and sets it in the middle of the table. Thank you for your help, Gwenda. Are you kidding? This is exhilarating. Nothing ever happens around here, and now I'm part of it? Rad! A shame about Dilly, of course. How is he? Oh, he'll live. I'm sure it'll take longer for him to live it down over anything. Do you have any idea who could have wanted to do this? No one from here, that's for sure. This has main territory written all over it. So, we'll ask around. See if anyone's got a personal vendetta against Logan. Might want to frame him for some reason. Or you. Me? Why would anyone have a problem with me? You're a folk with power. Every decision you make is political with connotations on individuals you may be unaware of. Whether you like it or not. Hmm. Gross, Tara thinks. But valid, Tara thinks after that. Well, let's go find out. JC enters the main miners' hub across the causeway. They're a little tired after volunteering the better half of their night to the overbooked botanical center. But sheesh, Gwena's just so nice that it was so worth it. JC barely feels the sleepless drag in their eyes as they clock into their shift. Hey, Clarence. JC, where have you been? Oh, I've been helping Gwenda at the BC. A shame about all the sick folks. Uh, they'll be fine. Any changes? No, nothing too big. Uh, just glad to see Mr. Lyth taking some responsibility. Can't say the same for the prophetess. She's being very vigilant. In fact, I was going to head over to see if they've discovered anything. Maybe it's just a misunderstanding. Mm, doubt it. Can't save a tree with a rotten core, Jay. I'm not sure that metaphor tracks here. <sighs> well, I'm going to call the chief. Let him know. Maybe get this chair shift lifted. Well, it's all worth it to do our part. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Dune moves to mute his alarm, then pauses. It's twenty minutes past when it was set for. Which means I've muted it more than once. How many times do you think? Well, it goes off after ten minutes the first time, then divides by half each time after that. So, five times? And Ellie didn't alarm you that you were being obnoxious with your alarms once. Um. As a science experiment, Dune blasts his alarm a little louder. He waits. She's dead too. Ah, let's go check. Oh. What? Are you good? Go away. No. Why are you mad at me? Ellie swings open the door. Because you suck! Uh, Do you think 
Do you think that Mikey's gonna be okay? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm worried too. Dawn and Tara are also there. Sheesh. Of course I'm worried about them too. Then why didn't you say it? Hmm? Why are you being so pissy? You were just... I'm worried! I thought you were kind of like... mad at him? For some reason. I am. That doesn't mean I want him to die. Why are you... Why are you... <clears throat> That's Dad's office phone. He said he has that meeting with the priestess right now, so he's not here. And Mom's doing finals. The two watch each other. I'm older! And I'm gonna be chief! And they book it down the stairs, pushing and shoving as safely as they can the whole way down. And I'm gonna get there first! You're not even wearing pants! It's a phone call! Do, do, don't! Got it! Hello, Lyoth residents. This is their middlest son, Dune speaking. And Ellie. <clears throat> uh, is Chieftain Lyoth around? No, no, sorry. Nope. Uh, well, I'm just calling in a short update. Um, no change in information regarding the ailment. Uh, no new cases as of this morning. Good. <clears throat> Good. Uh, hey, any update on Dylan? Or my brother? Is that my dad? Who's that? Oh, that's Eller. Um, uh, no, it's it's Dune. And Ellie. <laughs> oh, I wasn't talking about that, bro, but that's chill. Hey, Eller. Hey, yeah, hey. What is he doing there? Oh, he's been in the train car for quarantine. Why is he there? Oh, dear. Didn't he say something about how this was his first Causeway shift? Oh! <laughs> Rip! Dune, can you hear me? Kinda. Hey, bro, what's up? Tell them to let us out. Us? Hello! Oh, hi, Roar. <laughs> hi! Aggie was telling me all about hanging out with you lately. Oh, I bet she fucking was. Uh, how long have you been in there? About I 12 so hours. Bad. Wait, wait, I... The ones who are already sick, do we know how they're doing? No one's going to die, I promise. Is there any way I could talk to my friend, Dylan? Is he that secretary in the sick room? Yeah. Oh, I think we've got a few workers volunteering over there. I'll see if I can patch through. Thanks. Hey, can you tell Mom I won't make it to my TT final? TT? (laughs) OMG, I have school today! So? Skip it! It's my... Final! I gotta go! Oh, go, Ellie. Go, go. Can I put you on a brief hold? Yeah. Luciana and Agnes are currently in their reigning domain, Territorial Theology 101. For the last time this semester. Luciana distributes the tests to her students. Agnes hands out scrap paper and pens upon request. And then they branch away together into Luciana's office, one door over. Lucy's a tad short with every folk today. Not rudely, just distracted. Perhaps because her son isn't able to be in class because... Where's Eller? In a train car. Ah, so's Rourke. Ah, so is Rourke. Oh, <laughs> how long have they... Like half a day now. Alone? Together? Yes. Isn't that unfortunate? Uh, I mean, why would it be? Well, it's not like they get along, personality-wise. I look forward to hearing about it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Me too. When's your move-in date? Well, technically the lease already started, so Rourke's living there full-time right now. I've been working on transitioning over... But you still stay at the hall sometimes. Well, yes... It's just easier because my room is so close to yours and we start early. And that's what's interesting to me because we helped you move your stuff out last week, remember? Oh, oh, yes. Um, And so I'm just curious as to where in the hall you've been staying. This is a quandary that elicits a response. Ellie and I have been having little sleepovers. It's been so fun. Really? Ellie hangs out with you? Yeah, we chill, we vibe. That's sweet. Yeah, we're buds. Well, next time, please let me know beforehand. Totally. I'm going to go check on how they're all doing with the test and stuff. And Agnes, you 
really ought to stay at the home you've committed to. Rourke's a good guy. I know. He's giving you a good thing. I know. And if it's not working, that's fine, but you need to tell him. I... A student pops out of the doorway, so gingerly, so shy to disrupt her professor. Um, Lucy, we're wondering if you can provide an example for question three. Number... Ah, yes, even as I was writing it, I thought that would have been helpful. Agnes, while I'm doing that, can you find the grading rubric? Yep. They make eye contact. It's electrifyingly cryptic on both ends. Thanks. Back in the temple of the priestess's presence, Logan has joined the priestess. Willow has been long dismissed, but unbeknownst to them, has traveled all but ten feet out the door before landing in their current desolate position on a bench. Inside. What were you and Tara thinking? We knew that you would be against the act. It's not like I'm against goodwill. I'm against letting brainless acts hurt other folks. Careful. My heart hurts for the causeway, Logan. And yet you were the final gate between this decision and its execution. It was presented to me without all of the facts. Yet you knew of all of the risks. Are you attempting to turn this on me? When it was the prophetess who indulged it in the first place? This was a complicated issue and she addressed it. She simply told us about the discovery. She made no assumptions about what we should do with it. We can't punish her or ask her to take any slice of this responsibility. It was my call. You know, that's not an achievement. I understand that now. Yes. But this is not the issue at hand right now. There are too many of us to blame for blame to be a productive use of our time. Are they still here? Who? Logan and the priestess digress into the hall, where we find Willow in the same place the priestess left them. Hands racing through their blue hair on the verge of tears are already there. Chief Deliath, it was all me. I take full responsibility. Did anybody die? No. It'll all be fine. I've seen you around the hall before. Oh, um, I'm pretty good friends with Dylan and Dune. I visit Tara a bunch. Ah, you're the one who... He's about to say, started this, and think so much better of it. Tragedy management is our best option. I say we keep working. Yes. He offers a hand to Willow. You should come with us. You, uh, you want me to help? Would you like to? In the train car, still, Eller sits incredibly tightly wound on the bench. Rourke lies neatly on the floor, hands on his belly, staring into the ceiling. What are you doing? Realigning my back. You ought to try it. Helps a lot with stress. Ugh, GT. You seem stressed. Clarence, any news? Nope. Oh, well. Uh. Clarence is still sitting, being paid to sit, hopefully. But great they, these boys have been talking for a long time. I really don't feel good. I'm so sorry. I think I'm dying. I don't think you're dying. But you always think you're dying. But I'm not. Right? Right. But am I? Nah. Okay. Oh, great be they. Clarence peeks out the window to see his least favorite prophetess walking up the steps to the entrance. Ah, fuck. Hey, uh, Jace? Yeah? Uh, could you, uh, cover the sit and shift? I'm gonna go grab some food. Sure. JC takes Clarence's seat as the man makes a rather speedy exit. (gasps) The new episode of Valis Girls came out. Was it good? I don't know. You know I wouldn't watch it without you. Uh, aw. <laughs> Clarence is trying to decide if it's cold enough outside for a linen tomato-clad jacket. And decides, nope, the adrenaline will suffice. He dips out of the back just as Tara, Gwenda, and Mikhail enter the warehouse. OMGT, JC, it's Gwenda. Hey, Gwen. My mom's there. Tilly, you sound so much better. I feel a little better. 
Dune's been keeping me company. Hey, Gwenda. Dune's helping, huh? Uh, doing the best I can. Is that Dune? Mike, Mike, Mike! Hey. <laughs> I miss you, buddy. Aw, thanks. Do you miss me? Oh, definitely. Time cheat. Where would that be? JC? The, over there. Great. Mike, help me look. Uh, okay, uh, bye, Dune. Uh, bye? Oh, JC, I have a couple of questions for you. Private ones. Oh? About the whole illness timeline. Oh. Oh, okay. Does that mean we have to go? No, no, I'll I'll just set the walkie by the phone. Well, okay, if you insist. Well, anyways. Once we get the names of every folk who's clocked in throughout the week, we'll have a smaller list of suspects. Suspects? Who knows? Oh, right. They didn't know about Eller. Hm. What are you doing no, here? No, no. I have an internship, and I got sent on a causeway ship. Then I got... Fucking quarantine for some reason with me. Rock. It is in complete context for me to be here. What the fuck are you doing here? We came to get Mike. Yeah, hi. We came to get Terra staff fixed, and then the whole poison thing happened. Poison. Oh, well. Mikhail nervously glances at Terra, who is indeed looking at him dead on. He can tell that he has been fired from this one job he was given. Gwenda waves them over before she can hand him the official pink slip. Tara! JC said something interesting. Oh, I, I did? Did I? We think we have a lead. Oh, yeah? What's up? Uh, I don't know about a lead. I just feel the need to express that Clarence has been pretty strange. Clarence? Who's that? Oh, he's been on the radio with us throughout this whole thing. Oh. I've seen him around. Tell her what he said. Um, we were talking about the whole fiasco, and I was saying how well you all were handling it, and that it should really be fine, but he, uh, he said, can't have a tree with a rotten core. I assume Vallis is the tree. And what about the rotten core? Well... Why does that sound familiar? A fairly common metaphor. No, but those exact words were said to me. Hmm. And not too long ago, right? By someone who... Tara finds herself gazing at the coat rack, empty save for one linen with an embroidered tomato so stand out. So familiar because she has indeed seen this coat before. Whose is this? That's Clarence's. Clarence we were just talking about from the radio call yesterday? Yeah. Does Clarence have another job? Yeah. Clarence is an organics vendor at the Marketplace District. Ah. We know each other. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? I didn't recognize him by his voice. What are you thinking? He's a farmland-based vendor on the side, so he'd have access to the pesticides. And he's here half-time, so that would explain things. He said it was a friend selling them, though? Was he lying? Motherfucker, is he here? He just went on lunch break, why? Tara picks up the walkie from the chair. And then you remember, you remember how. <laughs> yeah, I do. Dune. Hey. I'm going to tell you something really important that you need to tell your father immediately. Uh, I don't know if I'm the right You can do this. To... We believe in you. The coconuts have been poisoned deliberately. It's an attack. Attack? I've been poisoned? Yes, but it's not lethal. You will be okay. Oh, okay. Trust us, sweetie. Sometimes you just want to kill folks for not being nice. Who do you think? We strongly think it was one of the miners from Maine Territory. We're going to go get him now. Okay, uh... I didn't do this, Gwenda, I swear. We know, dear. We think Wait, that... can we send Dune off? Please, now. Yes, yes. Tara, uh, I will tell Dad. Right. Yes, thank you. At the big, big meeting, double right. I heard all that. Mike, let me out. Okay, okay, uh... How do I... I do have to use the restroom, so... Please. Intermission. Well, let's get back to it. We follow Tara, Mikhail, and Eller. I'd like to paint this as an exciting chase, but it's really not. They charge into a long building next door, wide open on both ends, so more like a canopy than anything. In here are various excavation gears, lifts and trucks and whatever the vehicle is that Clarence is hijacking now. A long row of open top buggies with large wheels. No, no, 
I'm not doing this. You should have considered this before you put this community at risk. No, I... What? You are putting them at risk by poisoning them. A unnecessary evil. No, no, it's incredibly unnecessary. I'm not putting up with this, Ven. My name is Clarence. Clarence is off down the flats. Why do they always run? The thrill of the chase. Where do you think he's going? What? What even are these little carts? It's a salt buggy. We use them to scout new quadrants to mine. Mikhail has not dilly-dallied and has uncertainly sat in the driver's seat of the nearest one. He stares blankly at all of the controls. Uh, how do we start it? Good thinking, Mike. We have no other choice. None at all? The wheel's locked for mining access only. Here. Eller presses his keycard to the dashboard. The engine roars to life. Tara launches into the back seat. You driving or am I? Come on, Mike. Decide. Uh. Uh, move. Eller hops into the driver's seat of the salt buggy as Mikhail all too happily gives up the reins, sliding into the passenger seat. Eller revs the engine and, hey, this is exciting. And rather unfortunate in an audio-only format. On a salt flat, not much to look at as they catch up to Clarence and... Not much to talk about because everyone's stressed. They make up for the distance fast. Tara can see the back of Clarence's head more clearly and as they scoot even closer, it's here. The green bulbous lore peeks out from the back seat of Clarence's cart. It waves. That green lore just waving and smiling? Fucking kidding me. I'm not doing this. Mike, hold this. What? Why? What's... Wait, Tara what? throws her open apothecary bag at Mikhail, who is subsequently pelted with bottles and recipes. Sorry. Speed up. Okay. Um, we're coming up. I'll tell you when. Great. Tara stands, wobbles for balance. She eyes the vehicle growing closer. They get close to side by side. Hey, maybe not. No! Tara jumps. And in an airless moment, she semi-regrets this decision but only a little. Of course she made it. Tara collapses into the back seat of Clarence's salt buggy. Oh, okay. And finds herself face to face with the green lore. You good? Oh, I'm great. What are you doing? Clarence! Clarence! Pull over! No. No! In the next buggy over, Mikhail and Eller have begun to chat as Eller gets a bit rambunctiously ignorant of his speedometer. So all this was happening and you were just going to keep me in a train car with Rourke? He's sane, Mike. Oh, that's nice. What song? What he made up. Ah, look, I didn't know you were in there. But they knew where you were. Like who? Dune and fucking Ellie. Oh, I, I talked with him on the phone. That's the only reason. No, no, it's not. They don't like me. What? That's not true. Eller makes a sharp turn. They're racing towards the incoming vehicle, perpendicular. Eller, L! Tara! What? Brace! What? The two vehicles have lurched into a mutual force. Automatic stop, just short of making the letter T via collision. Clarence has been lightly tossed into a rolling stop a few yards from the driver's seat. And moans to let us know he did not die on impact. Tara has indeed taken the ill-timed hint to brace and is slowly unraveling. Mikhail has too, and he remains braced for a good while longer. Eller hops out easily. The green lore stands a length away from the chaos, casually. Whew, safety stop features. My fucking idea, not that anybody cares. Wimp. No, no, yeah, that, sorry, uh, that's, that's a really good idea. Whatever. No, really. No, it's whatever, stop being so fucking nice when you never mean it, you asshole. I mean it, though. Then I don't care. Tara attempts to bypass the lore, but it trails behind her as she crosses to Clarence. Are you okay? Ow. 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 You are interesting to me. <sighs> Look, was this all you? Me? I was speaking a bit rude. Did you do this? Yes. Yes. You heard him. He did it. I'm sick of things like you messing with me. What do you want? Uh, what are you without your staff? What? Look, we were doing fine. I, I, I get that you were trying to help, but it's so naive of you. You need to see that actions have consequences. I am doing my best. 
I know that there is a learning curve to any job. But this isn't a job. You're supposed to be an earpiece of the great play, but you... You aren't. It's just been silence, hasn't it? No, no. It's been subtle and realistic. You know what's realistic? Consequences. Disbelief. Why are you doing this to me? To you? This is the problem. Valus's tri-mandate system is flawed. You're lucky I did this before some actual bug found its way over the border. You're lucky no one's going to be pointing fingers at you this time. You didn't even think about the connotations, did you? I put it past your little kiosk friend, but this just shows how unequipped you are. Great Faye wouldn't let this kind of stuff slide, so you're not working for them. You all threw the Causeway folks under the bus. No, you did! When you poisoned them! Oh, she can raise her voice. I'm sure that will help. You need to see yourself for what you are. (laughs) And this is why I like him. And what is that? False profit. Useless. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to get you. And kill me? You can't. I won't need my staff for this. Uh, please, please, I'll, I'll come back with you. Whatever, whatever you want, just to- Please? I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you just can't. Not this. Why? No life. Tara lurches forward. Not towards anything specifically and not thrashing out in any way, but it's enough to send both the lore and Clarence scooting backwards. Clarence, afraid. The lore, smug, and then incredibly annoyed. Oh, Puzzled, Tara turns, and here come Mikhail and Eller. It turns unceremoniously and floats away towards the expanse of the flats. Tara, are you okay? Yeah. Did you scratch up the fucking car, Clarence? Boss is gonna be pissed. Great they's gonna be pissed. Just get in the car. Dune, the priestess, Logan, and Willow are hunkered down in the temple of the priestess's presence. Still, long ago, Dune barged into the meeting as if he were interrupting vows and expressed the same information we've been handed earlier. He thought it would be a fix-all. He really did. Just send them stuff, get them all better, and boom, fixed. He was wrong. And now, as Logan and the priestess jostle hypotheticals back and forth, Willow and Dune sit idly by, watching this verbal ping-pong match, and Dune is getting angsty. How? What are you even saying? Stats? What's the point? To express how complex it is to... Uh. What is it? I just, I'm confused why we can't send them resources just because they're not dying. Because, like, they're still not doing great and would use them. Can you elaborate? Well, I don't know how it all works, but, but it, like, it should work. How? Oh, Luciana and Ellie have arrived. Lucy, think they. Lo, fill me in. I'm here too, I'm here too. Ellie finished her final early. I had to pick her up on the way. I didn't know how long this would be. Longer than anyone could ever dream. How'd your final go, girly girl? A plus. Um, so I was listening, and Dune's got a really good point. Folks aren't dying, but they're not well, and it takes weeks to recover from some forms of poisoning, and this is a massive event. The community will need support. Meds would make them more comfortable, and they're going to need bland pantry food so they can recover. Bland food is the one resource we have too much of. Arguably, it's the only thing we can grow in territory. (laughs) We have the resources, and we aren't using them. And like the bakery just said, they have a bunch of leftover stuff, so why not send it over other than it being annoying to do? I know there will always be a cost benefit to practically anything, but if we take one or two days off of salt distribution from one of the train cars and pack it with resources instead, it won't do irreparable damage to the company economy. Logan Lyeth smiles at his daughter. 
and his son. We'll have to call the distribution owner to inform him. I'm sure our call will override any qualms he has. We'd need Tara's tri-signature. We'll send it over on the train. Have her meet them at the door. Hey, while we're at it, we need better reception out there, too. This is ridiculous. I shouldn't have to talk on the phone through two walkie-talkies to kinda hear my brother or Tara. It's just dangerous. And inconvenient. It is an insufficient way of communication. I know nothing about that process. What would that look like? That can go over here. Yes, ma'am. Anything for Glenda. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Glenda's in the front of the botanical center. The storefront with the plants and things. The back curtain is wide open and it's like two completely different worlds. Tara stands on the fine line between them. Antsy, while Glenda has finally found the time to fiddle with Tara's staff. The front entrance is propped open as well. Folks pop in and out with boxes and boxes of supplies. A moderate amount. A helpful amount. A good amount of help, too. So much so that Tara finds herself idle. Well, this is great. <laughs> it's fine, sure. Gwenda slices open the waters and hands them off to volunteers. Of course, it'd be better if we didn't have to wait two weeks for all of this. What can I do now? Gwenda gestures to the sick room, towards the bustling population of sick and helping. This. Is there anything that needs to be done? This. This helps. Now, Tara, I would really like to get this done quickly so I can get back to it. Right. Right! You can help. You are helpful and can be helping. Tara leans down to grab the case of waters, but someone gets to it before her, leaving an empty space. Well, JC across the room finds Mikhail Lyoth sitting on a bucket. Air presumptive? I'm not... Oh, I was just wondering if you wanted me to help I me move some of these. I can't right now. I, I... In... In and <laughs> ah. and suddenly he's not in the room. Oh, did I say something? No, no, you did nothing wrong. Is he okay? He'll be fine. I didn't mean to hurt feelings. You did not. How about you come over here and help me with this? Oh, okay. Gwenda has JC hold the staff in place. So close to her. So, so close. Glenda smells so botanical, and JC just thinks that's lovely and has moved on. Tara has not. Is he sick, too? Uh, no. Just let him... Oh, okay. Tara quickly finds him sitting on the edge of the causeway rise, head buried in his hands. What happened? Oh, hey, uh, I'm fine. I just I just need to Did sit. you eat something? N- no, I just can't breathe. Well... You're talking, so you can. But do you feel like you're going to pass out? Do you need to no, lie down? No, I, I don't. I just need Has to... Has this happened before? Uh, yeah. Not recently. Not like this, though. Oh. What do you mean, not like this? Uh, panic attack, Tara. Oh. Uh... Tara's fingers just itch for her staff. She feels rather helpless. Or, rather, unhelpful, which is worse. Do you have... you have medicine, right? There's some that are really helpful for disorders like this. I usually take a daily one. That's great. You should really be taking it consistently. We left so the that- house before my reminder went off, and I didn't anticipate a biological classist attack, and today's been really stressful even without all no, that. No, totally, and- totally. You're right. Is there something that you find helps? Have you tried taking... Can you of- stop, please? I'm just trying to help. I appreciate it, I really do, but you can't do anything, so please let's let me write it out. Hey, hey. In. Out. It suddenly strikes Tara in this moment that Mikhail must know what he's doing. That he's handled this before, and thus, that he must know what he is doing. And if he were able to easily fix the situation, he would have done so. I'm so sorry. It's fine. No, I'm sorry. No, I'll, just... I'll be over there. Just... He breathes in and out. Tara displaces herself and makes a completely unimpassioned move back towards the botanical center, but something asks her to take a second and watch him. Tara doesn't really have to do anything. 
She's off duty. She's off duty. Something she's been waiting seven episodes for. Go take a break. Eat a snack, Tara. This doesn't have anything to do with you. She's still just standing there. And I, I think she's present here at this evening time on the salt flats. Or at least Tara understands in this moment that she would like to be. May I sit with you? Mikhail looks at her. He nods. And Tara sits, because she has time to do this, and he has time, and in this moment, they can use it by being. She can use it by breathing, too. And Tara wrestles with restlessness for a bit, with thoughts of other things she could and probably should be doing. The typical prophetess mindset. But eventually, she finds herself focused on the world around her. Her breathing aligns with the steadying of Mikhail's, and they both watch the scene before them with the soft focus. As she listens to the unspoken world, Mikhail does the familiar work of coming back to it. He's got this. Let's see. He sees five things. The salt flats. Gigantic. A pink sunset. His dusty hands clasped on his knees, which have teeny little scraped holes in the fabric. The rocky decline they are perched on. And Tara, her eyes relaxed shut against the breeze, gray hair escaping the updo. He feels, four things now, this cool wind on his face, the rocky texture of the ground, the feeling of his index fingers touching his thumbs, and Gwenda's shirt riding up a bit uncomfortably in the back. He hears the gentle wind of the causeway, air going into his lungs, and... Mike? Hmm? I don't mean to bother you, but do you want a piece of chocolate? She offers him a sizable dark square. Yeah, sure. He takes it. He smells the tangy salt on the wind and this chocolate bar. Taking a bite, he tastes. What kind is this? Uh, coconut. (laughs) (laughs) JK, JK. Sorry, it's a dark cacao. 80%, which is like, does anybody actually like that? Yeah, why not? It's just kind of the same thing with plain coffee, you know? Either you love it, or you just can't do it. I mean, that makes sense, because I like coffee. I do too, but there's gotta be stuff in it. And I'm saying I don't like that. I like it just like the pure beans. The pure beans? This weekend sucked. I need a weekend from my weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. I need, like, a big, big vodka sunrise. But I barely have time to get out of the hall. We've got all that stuff right in the main kitchen. Seriously? Am I allowed in there? Uh, yeah, you live there, Tear. Well, okay. JC hovers at the mouth of the botanical center. Hey, Prophetess? Yes. Staff's ready. Amazing. Do you... How are you? Do you want to come with me or be alone? I kind of want to be alone for a sec. I'll come up pretty soon. Great. Thanks. After hours of negotiating and talking and musing about gray areas and our duteous folks under the same land, Logan gets the coveted coming home call from Mikhail. Dune, we're going home. They've got the vendor on the salt train, and I really want him dealt with before Tara gets back. Eep! Okay, bye. A word before you go? Sorry, priestess. Don't be. What are you doing these days? Uh, not much. I live at home and... Kinda sell, like, little handmade patches, but my hoop broke a while ago. So, 
Not much. <laughs> do you like that work? I really do love embroidering, TBH. I've never thought about like making it a thing, but... I have a friend. They're a tailor, and I've heard they're apprentice shopping, so to speak. Tailor... I... Tailor. Cloth. I'll give you the shop address. You just stop by during any of their office hours. Wait, really? What's their name? Ovia. Okay, uh, thanks. Wait, hmm? uh, why... Uh... Why? Because you're capable. Mm-mm. Dune moves on as Willow gingerly approaches their priestess. Priestess? I appreciate your help, Willow. And I appreciate the second chance. Oh, you... You misunderstand me. Oh, wait, 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 but I was helpful! You still completely forwent guardianship guidelines, and friend, you just don't seem to like the work very much, do you? What? No, 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 no. I appreciate work. I I mean, I try to stay as detached from guardianship policy as possible. And I mean, the hours could be a little less sucky and I could be doing something that I actually wanted. But work no, is... but not anymore. Go do the thing you're meant to do. The priestess glides down the corridor. Willow watches her go. And what the fuck is that supposed to be? Back in the causeway, Gwenda is handing Tara back her staff fixed. Wrapped at the seam with a rather stunning blend of green and pale blue cloth, Gwenda's tied it off with some beaded bands for aesthetics. Tara weighs her old friend in her hand and takes a new breath. You said Helga came in to get her staff fixed. What did she do next? She went back to Vallis, left a few months later. On sabbatical. That's when she took a break? It wasn't on sabbatical. But Dune said that she I suppose that's what she told the chief. But to me, she just said she was going for a while. Needed to do something. Then she died. Gwenda seems fundamentally unconvinced. They do say that, don't they? Bye, Mom. I love you so, 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 so much. Oh, Dilly, I love you so, 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 so much. Remember, only bland foods for the next week. Keep it to grains, and boil some apples while you're at it, okay? Totally. And Dilly, wait. Dylan and Gwenda trail behind. Doom, what are you going to do? Uh... Ah. Well, feel free to bring him next time you come over. Stay the night. Um, okay. Bye, Mom. I love Although you. Although we only have one bed. Bye, Mom! Oh, and Tara? I'd like to make an inquiry. What for? With the trifecta. I'd like to have a meeting about the causeway and what they could be doing better. Yes, ma'am. Mikhail, Dylan, and Eller have piled into the car. Yes, Eller is going with them. Due to obvious Rourke reasons. Tara is once again bestowed the passenger seat. She pushes her seat warmer, and, feeling only slightly chaotic, she discreetly pushes Mikhail's as well to the highest setting. A slow-brewing evil. Tara, you stinker. Ox is all yours, Eller. Well, finally. Thanks. That drive home, Mikhail sings along to the radio. Dylan joined in with the harmony. Eller mumbles it under his breath, whilst angstily glaring out the window. And Tara doesn't know this song. But she finds herself pretending she does. Mouthing nonsense to stoke the lads on. It was my turn for dinner, and as you know, Dylan usually helps me, but didn't this time, so we've got a toast with things. Sorry, I know it's lame. It's perfect, hun. And the only thing I'm allowed to eat for two weeks. Yeah, this looks great. Yet, have you considered the coconut? No! <laughs> the dining room table at Lyoth Hall has every seat filled for each resident. A feat, normally. And an intense celebration this evening to have this household back in one piece. I heard all about how you handled it over there. I'm really proud of you. All of you. And I actually moved the preliminary interviews to tomorrow morning. Does 8 a.m. work for you, Mikhail? Oh. Uh, I really need to grade journals. At 8? 
I mean, you do paperwork at 4 a.m. It runs in the family. Well, someone has to, and you... Dad, it was a really rough weekend, and I just don't think I'll be mentally present or up to it. And it really doesn't have to be me. It just has been. Ellie smiles at her big brother. Oh, uh, okay. That's completely fine, Mikhail. How about Al? I, I can't... Yeah, I'll do it. Oh. Oh, you changing your fucking mind? Uh. Uh. Mikhail helplessly glances at his sister, who is angstily staring at her toast. Okay. 8 a.m., Eller. Look sharp. I always look sharp. Prickly is a better word. Hmm. Oh, that's Willow. Willow's coming over? Uh, yeah, we invited them over. Is that okay? Uh, yeah, I mean... None of you ever invite folks over. I mean, that's great. In dogs, that's because but... no one has friends. I have friends! Um, so do I. Then where are they, hmm? Being adults, folks be busy, man. And mine are studying, so meh. Sounds fake. Dylan frolics back in, shadowed by an uncharacteristically sobered and sombered willow. Their face is placid as they sit at an extra chair Dylan had procured on his way back. Welcome. Hey, friend. Hi, hey, folks. Hey. Hi. Hey. What happened? I'm no longer your friendly neighborhood welcome kiosk guardian. What? I got fired. And I'm... I'm really sad and... Yeah. I just don't know what to do. Everything keeps changing and life is over. Not everything. You're still Willow. Best friend. Yeah? Yeah. We just gotta find you a new secondary title. Willow. Best friend. Badass. Yeah. Willow. Best friend. Bear wrestler. (laughs) Bear wrestler. Willow. Best friend. Igor. Igor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I really love y'all. And we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Tell you what, why don't you stay over here tonight? We'll have like a sleepover. It'll be like high school. Oh, GT, that would be so cute. I, are you sure? Are you feeling okay for that? Yeah. I've been sleeping for like two days straight. I could stay up a little past my bedtime. My room's kind of messy though. We could use mine. I don't want to invite myself though. Of course, <laughs> Yeah. Brett. What's happening? Oh, sorry. I mean, Mom, is it okay if Willow spends the night? You are adults. I do not care. But I think it's a sweet idea. Are you hungry, Willow? Yeah, come sit down. Yeah, 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 come on in. Okay. And this dinner is good and full and silly and... Almost as if these folks didn't have the whole world on their shoulders. Perhaps they're too tired to acknowledge it at the moment. How lovely that they sit through three courses of toast and different things on toast. At the end, Tara pleasantly finds herself unmotivated to leave the table, but musters the movement anyways. Mm. All right. I need alone time. And have some work to catch up on. Oh, yes. We work tomorrow. Mm, Boo. (laughs) Good night, folks. Good night. Good night, night, Tara. Sleep tight. Oh, Tara, don't forget your bag. Oh, thanks. Tara lifts it from the table and takes a double take, weighing it in her fist. Sheesh, is she that tired or is it heavier? I should head home, too. Uh Going that way, too. Oh, all right. Agnes texts as Eller talks her towards the front door. It was really cool. I bet. I have to go home. You are home. To my apartment. Oh. Bye. Wait, we have fun, right? Um, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to do something next weekend? Like what? Like something... Like something fun. Out of the house. Ah. Uh, we'll see, okay? Um, okay. <laughs> Night. I, uh... Night? Oh, man. 
The door shuts behind Agnes as she sends the text. See ya in 20, Bean. To which Rourke responds with a rather stunning meme of a bean. She finds herself walking home a little quicker. Home? How interesting. She finds Rourke inside, sitting on the dining room table, still in his work jumper, milling over a script etched with notes and stage directions. He lights up. Oh, he lights up. What you doing? Hey, Bean. I missed rehearsal, so I really need to go over my lines. I'll help. Really? Yeah. Where do you want to go from? Uh, um, can you say the line right before mine at the top of page three? Your amphorn, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> hey, Amphorn, can I get a thing that you make by hand? Of course. Here you go, you friendly friend. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Tara is alone in this space that is hers. She's tired. She's a little defeated, if she's honest. The words false prophet have been twirling around her brain and truly making it difficult to want to do more sanctioned prophet things at the moment. (sighs) If only she could have a weekend from her weekend. If only. She dumps out her apothecary bag on the bed and delightfully discovers that, yes, the bag seems to be precisely Half a bottle of vodka, some grenadine, and one glass heavier. (laughs) Yeah! Permission to get cronked, Tara. Of course. She tosses her bag on the couch and drops herself a generous cocktail. Okay. She sifts through the prophetic inquiries. She spends some time writing responses to some, emailing visitation follow-ups to others, and just... Staring at a few. Oh, the goop lady's back. With a picture of the goop lady's back. Huh? She stands a bit fast and, oh, <laughs> you're getting a little spinny, Tara. <laughs> yeah. She sits back down so comfortable that, oh, she's lying on the floor. Mm, it's nice down here. That shag carpet's good for something, huh? What is that? Huh? Oh. She's speaking of something under her bed. A lump of cloth. She shuffles to drag it out and it's a quilt! (laughs) No! Tara picks it up and humors her maybe dead predecessor. Sheesh, Helga. GT, these are really bad. And such a peculiar orange. (laughs) Yeah. And what a peculiar shape she's taken to stitch. So weird. It reminds Tara of something. Of what? Something you made. Wait. Tara grabs her notebook and her pen. She sits at the desk, noting how little support the chair serves for her lower back and tries to remember what page it was. And she compares. Feet pointed like needles. Check. Hazy eyes, no mouth. Two for two. Orange. Yep. Helga saw them. Or Thor saw them, or she saw them too! Suspicion confirmed. Hey, who's that figure by it? Greybeard, red cloak. Huh. Hmm. No idea. But how long have they been here? Logan and Luciana are getting ready for bed. Rough day, huh? Yeah. At least we still have four kids. Always a feat. You coming to bed? It is in this moment that Logan feels watched. It's not nefarious. Rather, familiar to him. Urgent. Kind. In a minute. I forgot something in the office. Logan exits his room casually, descales the stairs, and enters his office going to turn on the lights. He doesn't need to, really. 
The room's already bathed in a warm blue glow. Well, that was rough. The blue lore of Lyoth Hall sits and waits for him to continue. We have a hard job. It's hard on anybody to be watched, and this family has inherited that trait for generations now. We're watched all the time. Even my kids. Their whole lives, and now one of them has to sign up to be watched forever. At least I wanted it when my father died. It was a natural transition, but this? No matter what, it will be calling them away from who they're made to be. Mikhail's first in line, and he will do it if I were to formally ask him to. That's what's expected by Vallis. But I don't know if he can do it, plain and simple. And I don't know if he gets a choice. Dune's so smart. And passionate, and refuses to put in the work to even qualify. So he's out of the picture, and he knows it. Eller, I don't know how he feels. But he's shut off to the world and has been since he was young. He's not a leader. And Ellie is so young. She wants it, but for how long? She doesn't know anything else. And once she broadens her horizons, I don't want her to feel boxed in. If all else fails, there's Lucy, but she doesn't deserve to be stuck in the position. (laughs) No matter what someone is, no one wins. I'm not going to be here forever. Logan waits. And waits. The lore waits too. I know you can't talk, but what should I do? Hello, unfired clay jars. I am Hope Bellinger director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Sound design and mixing by Luke DeLorenzo. Original music composed by Liam Greenlee. We're going to list some VIFs, very important folks, that have made this adventure possible. Cameron Kisling, Day Thomas, Kayla Nickerson, Corey Patton, Sarah Fulton, Ali Schluchter, David Shelby, Lizard Sherbert, Dave and Ray, Austin R. Norton, Madeline McGowan, Kristen Simi. A big thank you to Rogue Media Network for all of their support. For updates and overall great vibes, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Average Folks Official. For further exploration, artwork, and merch, check out our website, average-folks.com. To contact us, Email us at averagefolksofficial at gmail.com. Catch you next week, folks. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>